want to thank everyone for joining and being a part of this uh, gathering, this Sangha, this community. Also, thank you for supporting this community, this uh, spiritual mandala, and please continue to help us if you can, in whatever way, just by joining, by contributing to um, to the, the monastery uh, financially, if you can. If you can't, attend anyway. But what is realized? I'd like to use the from the Lankavatara Sutra, the five dharmas, which I've talked about on occasion, different times over the years. It's very simple, very direct, and it's a good way to introduce the way of looking at this because something arises, something shows up, something appears in our mind stream at three in the morning, at 12 noon, things are coming and going. We meet people, we go to our job, we walk to the parking lot to get into our car. All around us, the, the world is arising, arising, arising. And the first of those five dharmas is things appear. They appear out here in the world, so-called world around us, and they appear in our mind stream. And we, you could say we have a, a basic realization a relative realization of what that is. It's it's this or it's that, and it's, it's the variation is there. And we are, you could say, we're compelled just by being alive, walking around, trying to find out which room is the kitchen. That we're compelled to name, categorize, differentiate. between this and that. And naming helps us do that so that we can make our way, so that we can we can have food, so that we can have shelter. So we need to name. And then we, so the first two are, are things arise, something arises. We all know about that. It's happening everywhere. But the, these words are arising, uh, not only in the, out of these vocal cords, but in uh, on these eardrums, all around us, simple dependent origination or cause and effect, simply put, and it, it provides us with the illusion, the illusion that we can do something about it, and we can relatively, we can stop something from arising, or we can make something arise. Uh, the consciousness that is tied in with this body-mind complex we call me or I or my stuff, all the other personal pronouns. So the illusion that we have a say-so there is pretty powerful. And most of the world, billions, billions of people are operating on the first three. Things arise. Somebody comes into, into the living room and says, hey, how are you doing? Did you sleep well? Yeah, not too bad. Slept okay. How about you? Kind of an exchange. Things arise. Someone says something, we respond. It's a very simple operation that has conditioned us from the time we were entered into this human realm for who knows how many thousands time to believe, to accept, to realize that relatively that this is real. This is this is what we do. We we work with this as uh, as things go along. We Things arise, things show up, the sun comes up, sun goes down. We name that, I have all kinds of names, obviously. But then on top of that, we add something to it. We interpret it, we project onto it. We stir things up a bit. Rise, name, and add, or interpret, or I, I analyze accept or reject, and all the other things that rotate around what in Buddhism is called the three poisons. Passion, grasping, aggression, pushing away, fundamentally destroying something possibly in its extreme, just like grasping might be just reaching for the across the table for the salt. This is a grasping going on there. So we are so conditioned by the simple form um, of relative grasping that 
quite often that gets into the more intense, more poisonous, to use the three poisons, poisonous area of consciousness, uh, thinking something should change and that shouldn't be happening. That's the third one. Anything that arises to think it shouldn't be happening is the very nature of delusion. And the knee-jerk mind, the ego mind, the narcissistic mind, the controlling mind, the paranoid mind wants to stop something. And it will have uh, volumes of stories about why it should be stopped. We can personalize that. So relatively, what we realize is the relative structure of things. So we realize that. And if it, if you come on to the spiritual path, then the first three are there just like they're in anyone, anyone's uh, uh, life. Something happens, we have a name for it, or we have a cultural name, or we might give it a name. And then we have ideas, beliefs, opinions, analysis to help protect what? To help advance what? To help dismiss what? Self. The, the self that is unreal. There's a body here, which is very convincing. If I, if I go like this on my head, I, I feel that. So I, this body, uh, you might imagine it. Sometimes we're a lot closer than we think. I often use the example of if you're watching, a, and I'll use it the same way I've always used it. You're watching a 10 year old uh, on a, a skateboard or something. And suddenly this, they're going down the sidewalk and you're watching them. And this, the skateboard hits a rut or hits a, uh, a raised area of the concrete and off the child goes onto his or her knees on the cement. Uh, even though that's happening to them, you feel that all the way through. You feel it because it just resonates. Consciousness is not separate from anyone or anybody. I'm not saying there aren't some people that won't see that. They are so blockaded, so stifled, so much in a prison of their own making, their own structure, their own propaganda about who they are and what they want and who's right and who's wrong. That's the simple description. Something arises, we get a name, we, we own it, we disown it. We, all the other ways you could talk about it, and I don't need to go into any more elaboration on that. But then if you step onto the spiritual path, the, uh, what I'm going to call a true spiritual path, which is not limited to Buddhism. There are realizers who might not even know about Buddhism, who just know what this is. They realize what this is. Fundamentally, ultimately, relatively true. They, they understand it relatively, but also something, some way. Hard to know for each person how that works. There's some people who have realized without any meditation practice. Very unusual, very rare, but it could occur. Naming or uh, something arises, we name it, we interpret it, and then we begin to see through the study of the Buddha's Dharma to return to our particular spiritual path. We are told this is unreal. This is dependently arisen. Uh, anything, any apparent singularity that arises is not real. It's an illusion. So we study this and we begin to practice meditation, emphasizing what? What aspect of the consciousness of the mind? That which receives, not that which produces. If you want that, then go to the university. And that's what you'll be taught. That's what you'll be tested on. That's what you'll get your, do your graduate work in. And it's totally good, perfect, should be that way. It's relative. Even when it's philosophy or psychology or uh, physics, including, what's that one kind of physics? Quantum. Starts with a Q. They think they're, they think they're, when I say, when I say they think they're, uh, I don't know that. I'm speculating too. Third one, thinking things about what you see. Something happens, something arises, quantum physicists. And then that's the naming. And then I have a, an opinion about it, which is 
They don't know what they're doing. They're not on the spiritual path. They're just a bunch of scientists. No, just a bunch of scientists. They, they might as well turn around and say uh, that, that we are just turning into veg vegetables by looking at the wall because we're not using that part of the mind that they prize so highly, which is a thinking process, analysis, logic, hard-nosed stuff. So when we begin to understand intellectually the, what the Buddha is referring to, what the teachings of the Buddha's Dharma is referring to, that there are no separate things anywhere, this is an illusion. When that's starting to make some kind of sense to us, we're, we're, we're actually beginning to step, see that there's some kind of space beyond the, the description, beyond the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links on the Chain of Existence, the Three Realms, the Six Realms, and all of the other structures. Go read the Abhidharma material. It's just flooded with people who studied and looked at the mind and saved you a lot of work because they, you can just read their lists of all of the parts of consciousness. What are there, 51 different things, thought forms or something like that? Fun for some people. And that should be done. That could be done. That has been done. But you, if you're listening to this person, which you are, I'm saying to you, based on a long time of doing this, I'm saying you could just get your lazy butt over to the wall, sit down, just all you're really doing is holding still, sit symmetrical, and watch what happens in the mind stream. That's how this is done. It doesn't mean that we don't also study all the writings of all the other people down through the centuries who have heard the Buddha's Dharma and have studied that and had an understanding of it that they were able to speak about, talk about, teach. So that's the fourth one, or Buddha knowledge. And that's going to show up in so many different ways. It shows in some way, some people it can show up as not being differentiated from the last one, which is suchness. And some people, the suchness might occur first before they have the Buddha knowledge about what they just are witnessing as suchness. And it's perhaps possible that Buddha knowledge may never arise. It's possible that suchness may, may never arise, that your whole life has been, you've been meditating and you never got anywhere. I'd be fine with that. What am I driving at, if anything? What is realized? You talked about the relative realization. We realize this, we realize that, all in a relative thing. We realize, oh, now that we know where, who, was, uh, who broke into the garage, now we know, we, we realized who stole the bicycle. I mean, that's a simple image or metaphor, but it's, it's that kind of thing. We have a relative realization that continually reinforces that part of the consciousness that is operating out of hope and fear, right and wrong, up and down, life and death, and all the other polarities that we have to protect. We have to protect this person. And in a lot of spiritual paths, I'll call them spiritual, because, because they do. Belief is used. This is how, as a meditator, as a student of the Buddha's Dharma, this is what belief looks like. It's if you believe something, you actually stop the unending, vast, immeasurable consciousness that is your birthright. It's called Buddha nature, awakened truth. And that what that awakens to is not always comfortable. The path leading to ultimate realization, which has been described in by different tra traditions, Tathagatagarbha uh, or Hanutra Samnak Sambodhi or uh, the Vajra or the indestructible adamantine, the indes indestructible samadhi, because there isn't anything else but that samadhi, not two. So what is realized, I'll 
has no properties, has no quality, has no otherness to it. So you can't actually find it. You can't actually have a proof for it. You, I sometimes say, if you realize your true nature, you won't, you won't know it. There isn't anyone left to know it. It will still appear as confusion. Or not. Perhaps not. Maybe it will be more like a vacant building. Things show up, we name them, we interpret them, analyze them, accept them, reject them, or ignore them, three poisons. Then we, through the Buddha's Dharma, we begin to have a way, a tool, a thinking process, teachings down through the centuries, the words of the Buddha alone, but also the help from other teachers, from Nagarjuna Vasubandhu, Dogen Zenji, Kobanjina Roshi, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, and all of the other teachers that are true teachers that I'm not mentioning. We see what this is, and there isn't anything there. This is why the teaching of emptiness has been so powerful from the Prajnaparamita literature a couple thousand years ago, talking about the nature of what this is. It's empty. But what you see or what you realize and full of what it actually is. And even that isness is suspect from the point of view of the teachings, from the point of view of what is being talked about conceptually. So you're not going to get a credential. There will be no pat on the back. There's no pat and there's no back. If there is, then we're back to more circles, looking for something else, something else, more of one thing, less of another thing. And who cares about that? The scrim, the warp and woof of confusion, of ignorance. Don't buy anything, don't sell anything, and certainly don't ignore it. It's about awareness, awareness, awareness. No matter what shows up, don't add. No matter what shows up, don't subtract. No matter what shows up, don't ignore. And at the same time, if you do any of those things, then just, just observe that. Just watch the way you push, watch the way, the way you pull, and don't interfere. There's nothing to fix. You don't have to buy into some kind of relative situation, relative construct that the only way you can realize this is through the Vajrayana, or the only way you can re realize this is through uh, the Theravadan teachings, because they're the closest to the original Buddha. How about the other 17 schools? What happened to them? Well, I guess that does it then. There's no questions. Oh, Yoka. Yoka Bong, there's a question on YouTube from Ross in Ireland. Where's Ireland at? Ireland? Near. Ross, Ireland. Near Ireland. Okay. I'll take it. In Ireland. Yeah, humor. Ross Bowing, are the thoughts that we produced? The, oh, the thoughts that are produced also, in a way, thoughts that we receive. Um, yes, everything that is everything that shows up is dependently risen. We, but we differentiate and think that think that we're thinking our own thoughts that these are our thoughts and they are not. They don't belong to anyone. The illusion of otherness, the illusion that there is somebody having these thoughts. Uh, initially, it may stop you from talking at all because you realize that you are not in charge of anything, that anything could happen. And if there's any semblance or uh, mini minuscule quality, quantity of someone there, it's probably going to freak out that there's too much space. This is not safe. Quite often, if you go to the hospital these days, or the, one of the questions they're kind of required to ask you, do you feel safe at home? I think that's a pretty good thing to ask people. It's, it's, it's simple. It doesn't have a lot of politics involved. Are you, do you feel safe? And then someone can respond, tell you right away. Uh, you, you know, you don't have to use too much of your imagination to elaborate on what could be happening in that person's environment. They say, not really. I don't feel safe. If you begin to look at what this is, I'm very biased here. 
with the Buddha's Dharma, with this way of sit down, hold still, watch, observe. I'm not talking about tantric rituals. I've done a few of those. I'm not saying, I'm not eliminating those. Some people's psychology, neurosis, psychosis, schizophrenia, what have you, what you want to talk about, may need that kind of intense, and it is intense, sit down and ritualized practice to get those parts of the mind that keep uh, knocking the jars off the shelf and say, no, you're going to have to leave the jars here and you're going to have to look at this and this is a deity and you're going to have to look at her and listen to her mantra and you're going to have to repeat her mantra millions of times. Ego is that rude and crazy that it will make so many intense demands lifetime after lifetime after lifetime trying to be somebody, trying to establish this dictatorship in the mind stream may need that kind of process. I think you can do it by just find out who you are. Sit down, hold still, and find out who you are by finding out who you are not. What and who are when I say who are you not, I'm saying not real. Find that out. You're not you don't have any established identity that is you can lean on. Can someone who sees what this is still demand things? Probably demand more. Because they're not they're they're not operating on hope and fear. They're operating if they're operating at all, they're operating out of dependent origination. So they don't even know what they're doing. But they're not concerned because they know they're not separate from anything. So they may function as a teacher, they may function as a, a janitor, they may move to Alaska and uh, and be open an insurance office for what State Farm? I wouldn't recommend State Farm. I'd go with Progressive. How about you? You would too. Did I answer your question? What did I say? That that someone who sees what this is could demand even more. They may. Unlikely. It's unlikely there's going to be much of a demand happening, but they could. They might be. Uh, like uh, I char sometimes char char characterize Kobanchina Roshi as someone who seemed like a feather, but actually when, when the situation came up to not be a feather, he turned into a sword instantly, even a half a second. I know I was there. I saw it. And it took me close to 10 years to receive the teaching that was given to me at that moment. I just did not want to receive that. So I shut down on it, but I asked him to function in that way, and he immediately started, and I shut it out with my insane self-centeredness, and I don't mind telling you about it, and I'm happy to respond to questions about that, or anything, if you have them. If you don't, go ahead. Um, with the title, What is Realized? Um, it seems like sometimes the word actualized is used, and I was I wanted to know if, if that word actualized brings something else to help us look at that. No, I, I, I think, uh, I feel, the way it looks is, is so, the actualized part is, might show up more as, a, as some kind of an appearance, uh, whereas wisdom doesn't really show up, but um, um, Skillful means shows up. In other words, you're functioning in a certain way. So that would be actualized. What I got from Coben was actualized. He received what I was asking, and he could see the self-centeredness and probably been watching it since he met me. And then, then the opportunity for him to teach when I asked him to function in that way, he knew I was lying to him. Remember the teaching, the monk teaching about deception? Yeah. You can't deceive the teacher, but you can deceive the teacher and the teacher will let you because they just know that you're not ready for these teachings. So they'll just watch you and watch you until if you make the mistake of kind of pretending to be a student, and then they've got you by the throat or by the ear, if you're real childish. Go ahead. I dare you to ask me another question. <laughs> Can we get that on in the 60 seconds? No? 
Good. Yes. She's on bowing. In what sense can't the teacher be deceived? Bowing. There, there isn't anyone. So the self-deception may, self-deception may show up, but there, but liberation does not happen to a person. Liberation doesn't even occur. It's just that we just this. You stop gluing yourself to this body-mind complex, and you are completely, totally, absolutely, fundamental. I can't say enough words in that. Vulnerable to everything. You're vulnerable to your own neurosis. You actually can begin to be more neurotic. Unlikely that's going to happen, but the causes and conditions that arise as uh, dependent origination that the, that we are deluded by into thinking that you could stop that, you could start this. You well, you could have done this, but you shouldn't have done that. But this teacher did this, and therefore he's out or she's out. Just it's yeah, plenty of room for questions. Please don't hesitate. It seems like the teacher still can be relatively deceived in, as far as relative information or phenomena. Oh, yeah. So what is, um, what is the fundamental lack of deception that the student cannot um, transfer or give to the teacher? You paraphrase that. She has a mind. I could deceive you in saying I'm doing something I'm not or um, occasionally someone will come in that presents in such a way that it seems pretty clear until it falls apart and is, is not very clear. So there's the relative okay. so deception. The so what is it that cannot be deceived? What part of the teacher or what is the lack of deception? You can't, you can't deceive wisdom because whatever is uh, trying to do this deceiving is trying to get a, uh, a reference point or a credential. And so if you're dealing with wisdom, you're just not going to get a credential because when you open, when you, excuse me, when you receive from a teacher, you are wisdom. Otherwise, because it's not separate. So it's fundamentally not separate. It's not just the teachers over here, excuse me, and he or she is, and you're coming and you present your, whatever you're presenting. And uh, no matter what the teacher does, it's going to be relative to what you're presenting. So if, if you are actually there, you're sincere and you're open, uh, that's like a flash of lightning. More. Jeez, I'm bowing. Is the lack of deception something that could be observed or does it have quality that could be observed? Bowing. Uh, the, the quality situation, you can get some flashes of that maybe. They're not, they're not like instances, but it's more like nothing is happening. And you have no reference point, and you don't know who you are, and you don't care. You don't know where you're going. But you, it's not to such an extent that you suddenly need, you suddenly are senile, and you need to have hospitalization. You need to be taken care of by somebody. But it's there's a boundary in there where where you're completely open to everything that's occurring, without judging th uh, without immediately changing something into something else every time something happens so there, there's no there's no progress on the path there's progress up until realization and then realization isn't an event it isn't it isn't even particularly an experience because it shows up and it was, it's experiential so some of the things you just might notice that you are not concerned about how you feel you notice it. More? There's room there. If the relative expression could still be completely, uh, completely have the appearance of, of reacting or responding to the relative situation, what is the strength of not being deceived? What is it that's valuable, even though we may continue to express in a way that's confused? I'm not sure what you want to know. I follow it. But what do you want to know? What is it that you don't know? I'm still trying to understand what it means to not be deceived. Yes, because there isn't anyone. So deception uh, is dependently risen. But there's no deceiver. Nothing is deceived. And when you actually realize that, and there's no credential, you do not get a, a, a gold star. You, you get nothing from it other than other than what that is, and what and what that is from the relative position that we're all running around in 
Uh, looks like it's nothing at all. It's empty. Well, she's in my what is important about about that if the relative expression could still be one of of fighting or misunderstanding vowing? Just it just eventually runs out of enemies. The otherness wears out. Sometimes the, the karma that arises with me or with you, with anyone, even though you may have realized your true nature, and you, you realize that there is, the, there is no, there's no where to go with that, still the karma that arose as this particular living being might still have some more things to do. And the wisdom mind that has been seen through or seen as not separate from anything uh, has complete respect for that confusion and knows that nothing can be harmed. So it's no longer fighting with things that the conventional person is always taking issue with. Who's doing what? Who's doing it? They should be locked up or they should be whatever. Uh, people who are addicted to and try to get all of their support from the, the relative situation that we're all dealing with all the time. More? Mm -hmm. Thank you for those questions. I'm waiting to see how you work the goal. You have a question, Kalshan? Kalshan uh, Bowing. Is it going to be 60 seconds long? Probably not. <laughs> um, when you refer to the teacher, are you referring to wisdom? Yes. Um, um, how is wisdom, what is the relationship between the teacher that is wisdom and Sokasan, the being? Um, There's just wisdom. So Sokazan is a, a, a name for this monk uh, who will be around for a little while longer, perhaps. It came out of nowhere, just like all of you did. And here we are presenting in a certain way with a relative structure we call society and a relative structure we call all of the uh, propaganda all over the place of this and that. So there's, there is no, there's no being, there's just wisdom. There's no separate beings anywhere. The one who realizes that, realizes that that doesn't mean they stop eating breakfast or buying clothes or uh, or going for walks or going to the casino for that matter, just doing whatever kind of things they do. But there's no justification for anything. There's no, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a Dharma teacher, so therefore I can do this. There's no commentary going on. It's empty of that. More? There's room. Um, bowing. When you receive the teaching from Kavanchina Roshi, um, how did that wisdom develop? There was no development. I just got tired out from defending myself from it. And it just uh, it was painful, very painful. You know, I kept coming to other conclusions about it, like, well, he doesn't know. Uh, but he's not really my teacher and he knows it and or he thinks I'm already enlightened. That's a really crazy one. Thinks I'm, maybe he thinks I'm already enlightened. I don't need to be his student. I, I, yeah, I actually thought that. Do you, you guys ever think that about yourself? Think you're enlightened? Come and talk to me. You think you're so clear about it. You think you're so wise. But you can't come in and talk to me about the weather. You have to talk to me about how you see your wise guy quality. Yes, sir. Shoto Bowing, sometimes you talk about the path being one disappointment after another until the yes. final disappointment. Is is that final disappointment the end of disappointment? No, they keep going. The final disappointment, there's no, there's no finality. That's, a, that's relative stuff. Nothing ever ends. It hasn't begun. That's why it's an illusion. So it doesn't have to end. That's, I sometimes say it this way, you won't care how you feel. If you care how you feel, you're going to be constantly trying to fix yourself or fix a person next to you that you're projecting your lack of understanding onto them and then you try to fix them or boss them around or push them around or tell them this or tell them that. you got eight minutes. <laughs> Were you looking at the clock? No. I was looking at the I'm thinking about you because I know you got to leave at noon, right? Don't you, are you worried you'll miss something? Further question? So disappointment is, it doesn't indicate where we are or how we're doing, Bowing? No, there's no, no, it's just disappointment. 
So you don't, you don't, just disappointment. You just realize you're, the, the confusion is just as strong as it ever was, but there's no one there anymore. So therefore you can, you can, uh, on behalf of all, this is what the vow is about. On behalf of, unless you realize this vow, you're, you, you might have uh, uh, one and a half full egolessness. You might realize there's no self in the skandhas. Form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness does not add up to a person. You might realize that, but you will not have realized, uh, have fundamental realization if you're looking for some kind of a conclusion of now I'm enlightened. It seems like when I contemplate this that people's neurotic tendencies as they're practicing just might become more apparent or they stop blocking them off. And it seems like that can be difficult for the Sangha to try to keep together. As we're practicing not meddling and some of that difficulty is spilling out, do we need to relatively try to correct some of our activities to be them? So, you know, some. So we have forms. These are, we have forms. We have a monastery. If anybody is living here, they've agreed to observe these forms. That doesn't mean obey them. Because if you do that, then you take out your own personal feelings. I mean, if you get wake up in the morning and you had a, haven't been able to get any sleep, something is bugging you, or maybe you have an infection or something, you don't have to bring a note from your mother. You just say, "Can't, uh, not feeling well, won't make it to forms this morning. It's, it's communication is what's important. Not right and wrong. This is, you, you go to right and wrong, and immediately you might as well be crapping on the Sangha. Don't do it. Just just be be genuine. Be sincere. Be sincere as you can. Have a willingness to to communicate so that you can cooperate with the person because you're now now you're co cooperating based on what is actually as close as you can get to what's actually going on. And then you can collaborate more of a future on issues or problems that are coming up for the whole community. More about that if you have it. I'm very interested in talking about that if you have it. Go ahead. The area that comes up for me is um, almost a hesitancy to clean up my act because Sangha's having trouble with it. Like, this isn't that kind of relationship. That's kind of the explanation that comes up. Yeah. As Sangha members, should we be irritating each other a bit? Probably. I don't think you can stop that. The only way you can do that is just move away, like some people do, move away. Some people really move away, like they die. Everyone's going to move away at some point. But while you're here, don't miss this precious human birth. You're free and well-favored. You're free to come to a meeting like this, and you're free to leave. There's no, I'm not going to say, if you don't do this, you're going to suffer forever. Because no, there's no hell. That's a misunderstanding. Big one. Stephen, darling, just kind of wanting to go into that question a little more. If, Please. If we don't include our neuroses in our relating here in, in the community, or the remote community as well, if we don't put it on the table, so to speak, what what are we missing? We're missing an opportunity. I'm not. I'm getting a little bit what you're asking about, but I'm not not sure. No. If we don't include our neuroses and our relating here, like we try to tighten up or keep them to ourselves, um, mm -hmm. clean our act up yeah. a little too much. What What are we missing? If we don't include those things. You're probably saying it. It's the idea there, like uh, Trungpa Rinpoche once just said in a very simple uh, two-word Dharma talk, is be genuine. And then he got up and left. My understanding of that is, I say it in a little bit more uh, crude way, is be the shit you're trying to get rid of. Give it, give whatever shows up in the mind, it needs to be there. It's not like valid and has some kind of a uh, like we were talking about birthright to be there, but it's there, so it's dependent on the rhythm. So it's, if you push that, then everything else starts to get pushed and manipulated and it just strengthens the basic misunderstanding as, as, uh, of ego, which there is some separate being who can win or lose, live or die. Yeah. 
I'm just trying to come up with a question that relates that to deception. You didn't talk long enough for me to generate that. <laughs> Thinking about deceiving not just the teacher but but others. What? So I, I have to come back to very simple. Just listen to people. Turn, you know, if you can, find a little switch on your vocal cords. You don't have to stop the mind. You need to watch what happens in the mind. But don't necessarily hook up the musculature. So this way you get to see the full negativity that wants to come out and bark at somebody or explain something or justify yourself or explain something and justify why you're feeling and bring it out into the, the room or out into the world. So I don't know if that can be done, maybe, but I doubt that that can be done without strong mind training. Sit down, hold still, just train your mind to see clearly what is arising in your mind stream. So when you get out into your post-meditation or your everyday situation at the, in the kitchen table or uh, at your workplace, that you're really, really good at listening. You can really hear what people are saying. You may not understand it, you may not know, you may have some questions about it, but really try to receive what's showing up in front of you and have a willingness to also receive your reactions to it. So going back to the five dharmas, something appears, someone saying something to you, you name it, and you may name it uh, something like, this person's crazy, there they go doing this, or they don't see it clearly like I do. Any kind of naming can happen. And then we add on further elaborations of, uh, well, they're never going to understand the way I see this. It could be any number of comic, comic book characters showing up in your mind stream that you want to validate or criminalize or do anything, anything to get a reference point. This is what those first uh, five dharmas are doing. And most of the world is doing that. Rarely does someone study and stumble into the Buddha's dharma and hear something like, everything is dependent on the there's no separate thing coming from any direction. There's no separate thing. This is an illusion. This is not separate from, I mean, if you went into it relatively, and this is what the Buddha knowledge is about, came from a tree. Ian Forsberg had to shape, take this out of a tree. He stole it from the tree. No, he borrowed it. And they made this then, and then Chazan stole it from him. And then Chazan gave it to me. Didn't you give this to me? So all of the things that happen, causes and conditions, are. I'm just saying that because it's extremely elaborate rather than she did this, therefore, or he did this, that we want to find a reference point or control. So like you were talking about laying everything on the table, I think you used that image. I'm just saying you can do that without saying a word. The, the table that you want to lay them on is in your mind stream, not out on this table. Listen, be genuine with yourself. This is what Coben was trying to help me with, is point out to me how full of myself I was at the time, and still am. So still, that does not go away. You just realize it's unreal. It's not true. It's unreal. It's relatively true, but it's ultimately not true. So you can experience that in your own mind. What you personally, if you want me to give you some personal feedback right now, yeah. as soon as you get to feeling like you're threatened, you shut down and you go into your thought patterns and they circle around and you will throw those thought patterns out to others by way of conversation. Well, you said, you said, you said, you did this. And then I said, and then you said, and then you did this and I did that. And it's obvious to me that you're incorrect. You've done it to me, haven't you? Am I accusing you of something? Describing something. I like that. Describing. So if I just describe, well, I'm not going to go there. That's that's not even funny. Yes, sir. Yes, it's noon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I resonated with that idea of barking at somebody. Yeah. And it seems some of my relationships that that's the only, I need to talk with those people, but that's the only kind of speech that comes out is, Time and time again, just me being condescending or barking. Just stay away. Just stay away. Just back up a few inches, a few feet, a few yards, a few miles. 
and stay away. Try to look at that, have some responsibility for what's happening rather than see if you can see that you're creating a lot of that murky water and, and wait for a while. Skillful means pacify if you can. If you can't pacify, don't r- r- jump to destroy. Pacify, magnetize, or enrich, magnetize, and destroy. Go ahead. So is, is there... Is there anything I can do when that's showing up to to go to a kinder way of talking? Is there any option I have? I wouldn't bother. No, don't don't try to be kind. If, if, you're, if that kind of thing is coming up, then it needs to be towards you, because that's the what is usually what's happening with people. We're trying to get rid of the negativity we're feeling, and then by trying to be kind to someone, and quite often that that comes at the expense of covering up your own negativity. Because you, I'm not accusing you of anything, but we might want to appear, we might settle for appearing kind to someone. Because we, we feel like we, we know what people are thinking about, and we don't. We don't even know what we're thinking. So you can't really control, control what someone's thinking. Did I get close to what you were looking for? Less is better. Have a willingness to, that that person doesn't particularly like you or care for you rather than trying to be nicer. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be nice, but but that kind of modality or that motive behind it, should I try to be, I'm addressing it the way you asked it more. So, uh, it seems like with that instruction to pull away or even not four be- minute, Four minutes after. To not be around that person. Yes. It seems like I wouldn't be able to function or just continue to function yeah. in a practical way. Is that? Is that the case? Uh, probably it could be. Yeah, it could be times when you can't, you just can't do it, and you might have to keep your distance for a while. There's always the wall. The wall will never fight with you. Yes. What what does pacifying look like if it's not some kind of kinder looking speech or kind of kinder sounding? Okay, you attack me, and I'll show you. Say, doggone it, Sokazan, why did you do that? Go ahead. Okay. Sokazan, why did you do that? So, what did I do? Describe it. You looked down for a while. For a while. And then you looked back at me. Yes. That's pacifying. Sadhavar. That bird. Sano, you're around the corner there. Oh! Yeah. Excellent. You wanna, you have a question? I do. All right, go for it. My question. Have a a good trip, you guys. My question. Yes, sir. Is. Is that better? Yes, it is. Uh, My question is, that is not pacifying to me at all. Rage would come up if someone ignored me like that. Mm -hmm. Um, With you, I'd just go up and bat you upside the head. That's probably for the best. (laughs) (laughs) I'm following you. Go ahead. Well, you're beginning to answer my question, which is, so what is pacifying for someone with my level of intensity? It, it would be hard to be, uh, you know, it's hard to come up come back with some kind of a question that would respond directly to what it is your inquiry seems to be. So, mm, there, there's no, it has to be very situational rather than some kind of a standard that we're living up to in order to pacify, I have to do it this way, or in order to respond in a clear and helpful way to you, I have to do it this, this, or this. Even the, the four the four karmas of pacifying, enriching, magnetizing, and destroying uh, have a lot of strip space in there. Like the last one, destroying, could be just leaving the situation, you break the connection. So that is a kind of destroying. It also could mean up to and including you know, pushing the person, pushing it physically, doing something with the person, but it needs to be the situation. That 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 would 
if it's a standard, then we end up a acting out of a standard, like it's always a red light, so you always have to stop. Well, there's times when even that, uh, if you ha have an emergency uh, and someone's in the back seat and needs to go to the hospital, you might not be able to stop at that light, but you certainly would look both directions before you ran through it. So another standard. So further question on that, if you don't mind. Sano. Uh, Sano bowing. So pacifying cannot be the same for everyone. No. And what is pacifying for someone who will just keep coming? Then if you're working with someone in that way, you, you just may have to uh, uh, jump to the other ones. Uh, enriching, magnetizing, and there's there's lots of variations on that. Enriching, one of the ways to enrich is the same kind of energy that they're throwing at you. You can come up with your version of it and blend with them and ju jump into that, so that the, so they can't find you as an enemy. You're not a, you're not opposing them. Uh, you know, simple way is just say, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I can see why you would be talking that way, even though you. You, you're not talking about agreeing with them. You're actually—they don't know it—but you're actually seeing. You're actually seeing how mixed up they are and confused they are. That's why you can see why they'd be talking that way. But they don't know that you're coming from that direction. And with them, it's going to operate as a as a enriching. You know, so magnetizing might be more intensely pulling them into your territory, or you might go into their. Uh, it's so you'd almost have to set up a situation so that we could talk about it situationally, and and that's you know it's kind of uh, uh, acting things out rather than actually the actual situation would be totally unique every time it would arise. More about that? Not yet. Okay. Thank you. Yes, sir. Is there a realization if but a knowledge and suchness do not arise? No? Well, those are concepts. So yes. Realization for someone who's never even heard of those concepts. Buddha knowledge is just knowledge about this, and it can be really powerful, especially someone who has a strong, a powerful intellect that, that could actually have the illusion that they are realized. It's that strong, but they don't see suchness, or they don't understand suchness. Suchness is um, as it is, just as. Not even a siren. It's not that the siren isn't there. It's an illusion. It is not real. And that's not a conclusion, even though it rhymes with illusion. Can't use that one, can you? <laughs> is there an emphasis on Buddha knowledge and suchness in the five dharmas? I don't know. Is there? I think the emphasis there is just it's just a structure whereby we can help ourselves go more deeply using meditation and have some some conceptual ideas about how to proceed in that way. I'll come back to you if you need. I want to go to Kayun. He's had his uh, he's had his hands up quite a bit here. Kayun. Kayun bowing. Um, earlier, you mentioned not leaning on identity. Yes. And I just wonder for people who relatively experience blowback or oppression because of their identity, whether it's their skin color or religion or sexual orientation. Yes. A lot of time is spent on like defending or justifying one's existence. And so I'm wondering if that kind of relative activity obstructs one's ability to look at ultimate liberation bowing. I don't think so. I, I think that if, if, one, if you have a strong uh, practice of sitting meditation, that, that may, the clarity that begins to arise through that, which is pretty inevitable, you'll be more and more clear about how, how confused you are, or more and more con, con, uh, clear about uh, how, what, what the nature of the Buddhist uh, teachings are, relative to your own confusion, relative to your self-centeredness, relative to your demand for results or demand for this or that. So I, I would think they would be, if someone, want, say, wanted to go and, uh, I don't know, trying to think of another, you know, join the Peace Corps or something like that, I would say, I wouldn't do that. Uh, don't, don't do that. So it would be better to 
to uh, train your mind to find another way to work with that. But if someone really wanted to um, you go to a protest or something, then I would be all about that. If that's what they want to do, then go do that. But make sure there's a lot of sitting meditation so that, you're, so that you have a, so that your awareness around what you're observing, what is showing up, is as strong as possible. We, we meet, we see people on the news or wherever that seem extremely sincere about their, you know, what, climbing up and trying to stop the, the whole uh, um, petroleum, use of petroleum. People that go to places and put their life on the line. They climb up on a, a pole and tie themselves to the pole, glue their feet to the ground in front of a, a places where they're trying to put new pipelines in. A lot of sincerity there, a lot of genuineness. But also, um, is, there, is there some deep understanding of the nature of consciousness? Or is it just setting up the right guys and the wrong guys? I'm not here to particularly judge anyone. But to come back to your question, I would say, I'm all in favor of anything anybody wants to do. Uh, but if you're, if you're a student of mine, in which you are, I would say just train your mind. Make sure that there's a lot of awareness so you aren't so apt to jump into other people's uh, prejudice to push them or other people's uh, prejudice to join them or other people's prejudice to shut down or say that doesn't make any, doesn't make any difference. So am I helping you a little bit, or is the is the, the tip of your head like that telling me that, uh, yeah, I know what you mean? I was just dozing off. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, it, it, it is helpful, but I, 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 I just see how, you know, every couple of months or a couple of times a year, I get kind of pulled into... The relative fighting and justice activity and yes some of that might be necessary and sometimes but that i need to prioritize uh the mind training because i don't know i, th I think it's easy to un for me to underestimate how insane other people are yes. and i be attacked or or, or killed yes possible. Yeah, it's an, I, you've heard me say it before, uh, Cayun, that, uh, that uh, dependent origination, when we look at the society and everything, it looks like it looks like it's uh, somewhat stable, although things are coming apart here and coming apart there. But it's actually a, a gigantic uh, landslide that is is dependently risen. So if you march into the center of a landslide uh, that is moving fairly slow, you might it might feel pretty good to you to hold up a protest sign or to point something out. Uh, but I, I'm not so sure, not, not getting, not taking away the sincerity of people, of, of the deep desire to help and to save the planet or save uh, uh, people's freedom to manifest or have their own sexual orientation or, or be born uh, in uh, this skin color or that skin color, this, uh, you know, to have different things that might show up as a, a scary. Um, so I, I'm just saying, uh, uh, just if there's awareness, then any way you enter into that will, will likely be um, aligned with the dependent origination, the aspect of dependent origination, where maybe you could have uh, some kind of effect on that. Whereas going in totally blind into the center of it with with your only thing is uh, it's like you're kind of like sacrificing yourself into the into the ignorance that is there that is that is kept going by both sides of the polarity: the right, the wrong, the up, the down, the power, no power wisdom no wisdom all the polarities that are are running that uh, show of uh, a dependent origination that, that looks like relative truth that looks like this is right and this is wrong we're, and we're deluded by that illusion but that is an illusion that doesn't mean we stop looking at it and, and it doesn't mean that we we go the other way so well, that's just an illusion so therefore we don't have to um vote or we don't have to be a part of our society no we should this is why I've emphasized in this monastery uh, families. I, I want this to be a family situation. That's not going to be easy for the families or for the children, but I think it can be done. We'll start somewhere. Let's start instead of taking the, the monastery to the mountaintop where everybody isolates, is celibate uh, and all that baloney. When I say baloney, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think it's that it should. It's not that it shouldn't have happened. Uh, there was a time in ancient times when that's probably the only way that it could even be, could have even been preserved for us to 
receive that these teachings in this uh, day and age, as they sometimes say, day and age. But uh, so it might have had to have been celibate and all, mostly men, and and even when women were there, then they had to be uh, the underlings of the men, like like it was in uh, ancient Japan. Um, we don't have to do that anymore, but we might have to understand a different way of doing this, where we can have mind training can be part of someone having a job and you don't have to leave home you can bring a monastery into the home further about that Kayan? Kayan bowing uh, i had a couple of questions about the area that biyun was going into in shoto so living in a community like that is it inappropriate to you know, if there's like a relative stress or difficulty going on with your mom or work, is it inappropriate to talk about that kind of a thing, Bowie? No. no, I don't think so at all. We, we try to include everybody. Um, you have to have some form or some structure, but I, I'm not sure if I'm saying, I'm not sure I'm following what, what the, the problem would be there. Well, Kayun Bowing, I guess in the example of laying one's personal troubles out on the table, being one's own mind stream and trying to receive that as best you can, I'm wondering if a certain kind of, if a misunderstanding would be to hold your tongue in those areas and kind of give way to a stoicism rather than just being kind of natural and saying, gosh, I'm like having a really hard time with blah, 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 they're always writing my ass at work and it's stressing me out kind of a thing. Well, I think that's just, that sounds very familiar to me. I hear that I talk to everyone here, maybe not every day, but quite a bit. So I, I hear all of that and I, I encourage it. And I encourage, uh, when I say, don't talk about your realization, that's an area where I say the way you need to do that is in the context of a strong form, which would be studying the Dharma talking about the Dharma together rather than just having a, uh, a situation that is more in line with, and I'm not uh, against the 12 step programs. I think those are wonderful. Some people, that's the only thing they can do. And it, we're lucky to have that kind of thing. That's that kind of a structure for people who, uh, who, who need that and not ready for something like this. It is quite a bit more difficult from the point of view of uh, working with consciousness. So I, I I'm, I'm thinking, yes, uh, if I'm following you, I'm just, I mean, you've been here. We've known each other for what, a dozen years, something like that. And you, you've read my, my autobiography, I think. No, I don't have one. Ghost wrote it. You wrote it? The ghost wrote your autobiography. <laughs> How many goats? Uh, 12. Oh, goats. Yeah. Very good. One for each one of the links. Yes, goat number three, goat number four. So anything else about it? I think it's a good area if there's some way, because I'm very interested in, uh, in the community and that this community is unusual because not only we just, do we study the Dharma every day in one way or another here, uh, but also we do it as a community, albeit a very small community. It's very important. There's some people uh, here that I've never met face-to-face, uh, -face, like uh, uh, Nabi and uh, uh, Abby, uh, Ryan Perry, um, lots of people have never been here, Sarah, um, but we're, you know, because of technology, we're able to do this and maybe you'll never come here, but that would be up to you. Kayan Bowing. Yeah, I guess I'm, I was just trying to discern the, the difference between maybe having some in difficult energy or practice related situation coming up that you wouldn't go to a sangha member with but you would bring to the teacher but then like as a relative person there's just like annoying crap that happens and you as a human being in a social situation would be allowed to have those kind of conversations and that you're not pretending to be like some mona lisa kind of a dharma e person in that mm -hmm. environment so I, I'm, I, I would say that that's, it's very situational. There are times when you might just talk about that a lot, other times when you wouldn't. 
And I, I think that setting up any kind of a standard, this is what the don't set up standards that teaching is addressing. It's saying, do it with your awareness, do it with your, with your own basic, and this takes some, we come back to the word of trust, which I don't use too much, but give yourself the benefit of the doubt. You'll know when to, when to not speak about something and spend more time listening. And you'll know another time when it's time that it might even be very helpful to another person who might actually get some help from just seeing that you're openly sharing something that is very problematic for you. And they may, uh, it may trip up or, or, uh, undercut their preconceptions about who you are and how, what, how you're dealing. They might be someone who uh, looks, looks up to you in, by way of being above everything when actually you're not. And this uh, might resonate. Um, I, I, I often say, and I'm willing to talk about it if somebody wants to ask a direct question, uh, I haven't gotten rid of anything. The same neurosis that plagued me when I was 18 is here right now. And it shows up, shows up in dreams, shows up everywhere. Nothing has been improved. Otherwise, I could not say this to you with any kind of genuineness or sincerity. I couldn't take you away from the true path of getting better and better and better and better, improving and being more mindful and being more kind and more, 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 more. That will come apart. That may be valuable in some areas, but if it's if it's built up on some, some kind of a structure of me who's getting better, this just fuels the ego. You can do this without that. You can realize your true nature and have some have a willingness to be genuine and that genuine may not may it could show up as humility it could show up as feeling uh like you can't get anything accomplished it could uh, show up as having very very negative emotions you don't know what to do with you can do this you can do it you can do it just don't stop don't give up and everyone's karma everyone's dynamic, it becomes more and more and more personal where you realize that you really need to do this. The teacher, all the he or she or they will do, if they're a true teacher, that teaches out, out of the reality that they are seeing, that they know they're not separate from, uh, they won't do it for you. They won't save you. They might be very concerned about how, how much misery you're going through, but they will not pull you out of that if they can see that you have to go through that passage. That's what I got from Coben. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Senshu, one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan offers his wisdom tirelessly with complete love and devotion. If you value these teachings, Sokuzan, the mandala of Sokukoji, please consider donating at sokukoji.org. Thank you.